Welcome to another episode of Talkin' BS. My name is Van Santos, and as always, I'm joined by my old pal, Corey Bell. We had a fantastic conversation amongst ourselves and with two guests this week. We're talking about the name, image, and likeness changes to the NCAA student-athlete landscape. It honestly was extremely interesting to kind of talk about being a very current topic that's really on a bunch of headlines, especially if you you know, are into the kind of the sports stuff, which we both definitely are. But it was also really kind of reassuring. I mean, in all honesty, to kind of hear, you know, current maturity levels uh, from current player uh, and, and Colby and then Hayden, you know, having just graduated just a couple years ago and, and how, you know, the, there are some real steps that these colleges and universities are taking to really try to run this and do this the right way while being fair to the student athlete uh, and ensuring that they can, you know, profit off of their own stuff, but, uh, you know, not going too far with it either to kind of almost create an uneven un- playing field. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this all kind of thing continues to develop. Yeah, we were, we were joined by Colby Cox. He's a current long snapper for Mississippi State, and uh, we also were joined by Hayden Moore, who, again, as Corey referenced, uh, graduated from the University of Cincinnati. He was a starting quarterback for a couple of years there. So uh, it's a very, very exciting episode. Be sure to go follow both of those guys on all their socials and support them in their ventures. We'll send out links uh, at the end of the episode. So you guys enjoy this next episode of Talkin' BS. Here we go. We're back. It's been such an eventful week. So much stuff has happened. We're back on Talking BS. Last week, lots of news coming about coming out about NIL. If you didn't know what that was before, it stands for name, image, and likeness. Uh, everybody is all up in arms, very excited. Some people are scared. Some people don't know what's going on. It's chaos. It's just pure chaos. Name, image, and likeness. Athletes are getting paid quote unquote, uh, for, uh, for playing sports, all kinds of sports, all kinds of stuff. So, so lots of chaos, uh, last week. And so we, we knew we had to jump in on it. So we've got a very cool episode here We're, we've got two cool guests that are going to come on and join us. Hayden Moore from Cincinnati, uh, quarterback graduated two years ago. And then Colby Cox, long snapper currently at Mississippi state. Pretty excited for the episode here, dude. And uh, I'm very excited to kind of hear their opinions on it. From a former player, you know, somebody that would have really probably benefited from this, you know, I mean, being the face yeah. of the franchise, a quarterback, yeah. you know, the whole whole nine. Uh, and then from from somebody currently sitting through this and, and really what, you know, what, what are these universities and colleges, what are these coaches, staffs, what are they really telling these guys about this? Because how does this go? But, you know, to kind of get it started, you, you mentioned what the NIL stands for. So in my mind, when this whole thing was kind of breaking and I was talking, the NCAA and the, and the universities would be playing players. But that is not exactly what this is. No, that is not, not what ha- what's happening here. There is no pay-for-play structure. You'll hear that a lot. Um, this is not universities paying players to come um, be, be athletes at the school. This is uh, a whole separate area of the law that kind of has to do with right of publicity, your ability to profit off of 
your brand, your name, image, and likeness, which, you know, the, I guess commonly everybody calls it the brand, but kind of, the, we've been kind of heading this direction for a couple of years. And I want to start off by saying we're not done. This is like, this is a big, big step, but I don't think we're anywhere from being done. So, um, yes, this is, this is specifically for name, image, and likeness. So these student athletes are going to have to go out and it's still going to be a lot of work on them to go get sponsorships, put on camps, get followers on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. So that, that's kind of where we're starting right here today. So how, how did we, how do we get to this point at least, you know, and obviously it's something that's been in the news and, and I guess I misunderstood it, or I'm sure the common people maybe have misunderstood it thinking that it was the NCAA. You always hear the, we made $2 billion in football last year, but the players got nothing. You know, the, the counter argument with, you know, the education and the food, all that stuff, right? We'll, we'll, we'll kind of touch on that, but from this purely players being able to benefit off their name, image, and likeness, how did this specific thing come about? from the earliest that I can remember as of recent history, we started hearing California's got this name, image, and likeness bill. We heard that maybe 2018 rumblings, 2019. And all of a sudden we're thinking, okay, of course, California, very forward on, on new laws and everything, you know, players in California are going to get to, you know, profit off of their name, image, and likeness. So USC, UCLA, all these big schools. I remember hearing that but what really kicked everything over into a fr- frenzy this, at least last week, was the Supreme Court released their decision, their opinion on NCAA versus Alston. Now, <clears throat> this gets kind of complicated as well because it's not, that case is not specifically about universities paying players, right? Um, this case specifically dealt with education-based compensation and benefits, non-cash. So, um, this was a class action suit that was filed, uh, that originally was decided back in 2019 in the lower courts. And they basically found that the NCAA's, uh, restrictions on non-cash benefits to students from universities was in violation of antitrust law. Now that's, that's, we're getting very legal there. Um, but do you have any questions off the bat? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to take it slow cause I got so much. Go ahead. All of the questions. So you <laughs> mentioned California kind of coming in with this. Cause I guess one of the things that I don't understand is I kept thinking this was an NCAA infraction and rule and all this kind of stuff. So you've got the NCAA, you've got the state of California, you've got whatever federal law that they want to mandate in Congress and passing bills and all this kind of crap. How in the world is all this going to work together? And is there any places where this kind of stuff just isn't even on the books? Like if the NCAA yeah. is basically just throwing their hands in the air, are we in the wild, wild west right now? Like we, what, what is going on? We what can are. we actually do? We are. And um, off the bat, I'll say this much. So the NCAA, the government, the federal government, at least even that <laughs> this is a point of contention already, but they really, especially the judicial branch, they don't want to get involved in telling your organization what to do, Right. It's not their place to create rules for people. The Supreme Court is really here to just interpret the laws. And if there is behavior that is in violation of certain laws, they're going to comment on it. And they will tell you if you're, if you're above board, if you're, if you're doing the right thing. In this case, this has been building for so long that unfortunately the NCAA didn't take enough action early on and the, this case got to the Supreme Court. You don't see a lot of 
NCAA versus or somebody versus the NCAA. Um, I think the last major case was in like the eighties, which, um, you know, I do want to touch on that because in the NCAA versus Alston case, they do a, as in most Supreme court decisions, they do a big deep dive historically into how did we get here? Um, so a couple of these big stats that came out, you know, the NCAA is made up of 1100 colleges and universities. So that's a good bit. Uh, Division one is roughly around 350 schools over 32 different conferences. Um, some things that have changed, obviously, these, these are kind of the obvious ones, but you know, in the eighties, the whole March madness tour, those TV deals brought in about 12 to $16 million annually. Um, as of a couple years ago, the March madness tournament, which is just the men's was bringing in $1.1 billion annually. Would it be? With a B. The college football playoff rakes in around $470 million. I think this is just TV deals too, by the way. I don't think this is And that's like, going to change tremendously just and, after this year with now going to 12 teams You're going to expand. That's big. SEC is bringing yep. in 400 plus million a year from TV deals. And that was a couple of years ago when they were running these stats. You've got coaches like Saban making $9.3 million a year. Dabo's making eight. The president of the SEC is making four plus a year. So you've, you've got a massive business here that is built off the backs of these student athletes who are not getting compensated for what they do, for how they build into the business. And that is at the core of the issue that, that came up recently. So here's, I guess here's the way I think about it. And I may have been playing dumb a little bit in some of these questions so far, but just to kind of get the topic rolling. Exactly. The, 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 the thing that really kind of stands out to me here and the way that I think about it, and I'd be curious your opinion, I don't necessarily think of it as, I mean, it's a business, right? I, do, I understand that. But the NCAA isn't paying these players. So they're still not paying the players Correct. to play a game. It's, it's still not a pay for play. I mean, I, I want to get into that terminology specifically in a second because I do think that that is a possible downside, a possible risk here. But even if I go to a university on an academic scholarship, I still have the availability to go get a job at, you know, Sonic. Me and Jimmy Grimes popping some 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 <sighs> things on the grill in the kitchen, right? Jimmy. I mean, we got some things to do. We're making some money. It might be a little bit of money, but we're making some money. And, you know, Jimmy may be slinging some things on the side. I, I'm leaving Jimmy alone. Hey, Jimmy's always right, a little Jimmy's, shady. Jimmy's, he's over there. I never know what he's doing, man. He's grimy. He's grimy like that. So I, I just, I don't know. You know, like, I, it, to me, that's the part that never made sense. These guys are going and, and you know, perfect example. We're about to talk to Colby Cox, right? And he is kind of joining us a little bit later today because he had practice, training, classes, everything in his, that's going on. And he's like, man, I'll, I'll only have like 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, hey, it's all I need. You know, so we have this system that just doesn't support anybody making any type of money. And the moment that you have any type of free time, they want to regulate what they can and cannot do with it. That's kind of where I have an issue with it. Like if you can, if you want to take the six hours of free time that you have a day to go make minimum wage somewhere, go do it. Why can't you do that? So this case is interesting because it doesn't deal with that specifically. Um, when a case like this gets taken all the way up to the Supreme Court, by the way, the Supreme Court, had, they decide what they want to hear. That, by the way, if people don't know that, they choose. They can't, they can't see every case. So hundreds, if not thousands of cases each year get appealed to the Supreme Court and they deny review. That happens all of the time. 
making a murderer. There you go. Um, so this this specific like case, it. though, there, even though they commented on it, they were only dealing with this narrow issue of non-cash compensation for stu- for for academic related um, benefits. So again, not paying for their athletic ability, but more so for the educational side of things. So this one specifically, they mention a lot like computers or um, internships. And so the NCAA was appealing the fact that their rules in that narrow space were valid and Supreme court basically said, no, not at all. So the, Mm -hmm. the concern on the NCAA side was, so let's say, let's say Nike comes in and says, I'm going to give you a $500,000 internship academically to come play basketball at Kentucky. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. And so, yeah, same deal. We're going to give you, you know, uh, so-and-so dealership's going to come give you a Lamborghini to come play at Kentucky or whatnot. And <clears throat> the court basically found that there are still uh, rules in place to curtail that kind of behavior from happening. So we're not, the worst case scenario, you still have the ability as the NCAA to say, okay, that is beyond the scope of academic, you know? Um, it's so there, pre- there is a too far. <clears throat> there is a too saying. far. There are still, okay. there are recruiting violations and recruiting rules that are still in place to keep that kind of behavior from going too far. Um, and the NCAA was kind of saying the worst case scenario and the court actually came back pretty heavily and said, you know, Hey, you know, your allegations are your, your, your worst case scenario that you're painting. We're not, you know, we're, we're narrowly reading what you're saying and you still have the ability to put a stop to that kind of behavior based on even the arguments that you have made to us. You kind of made your own argument that you can still stop that behavior from happening. So it was really interesting. But now this is the this is the biggest thing with this whole case. When you get the Supreme Court's attention, even though they may answer that narrow question, they sometimes will take the opportunity to speak on other issues around that situation. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It's yeah, like you yeah. got a big old party and someone starts a fight and you call the cops and they show up and they're like, Well, you're you're all drinking and you're underage. Why would you call us? You know what I'm saying? It's kinda of, it's kinda yeah. of like that, you know what I'm saying? Within this case, they talk about these narrow rules with this whole academic, you know, student-related benefits, but they comment on the pay-for-play system and some of these other name, image, and likeness rules. So I mentioned antitrust earlier. So the Sherman Act, it's, it's our the United States antitrust law. That's what that is. And basically what it says is a, an entity cannot an entity or multiple entities cannot come together to depreciate the value of a product or a marketplace below what it would have in a free market environment. Okay, let me strip that down. If, you know, you have a monopoly of companies that say, we're going to hike up prices of cars to $250,000 and that's it. And all of the car companies agree. That's what we're going to sell them at because people have to have cars. So they're going to go spend $250,000. That's going to be an antitrust violation. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I in, get it. In this case, the court comes through pretty heavily and says, we've, uh, even though we're only talking about this, your other practices, we don't really think that they would pass this antitrust law muster. And so in this case, the market is labor, okay? Instead of a monopoly, we have a monopsony, which is a very small difference, but a monopsony is when... that word. It is. It is when a... (laughs) 
It's when instead of being a producer, as in the car example, instead of being a producer, which that would be a monopoly, you have a monopsony when it's the buyer. There's only one buyer of, ah. of whatever that product is in the space. And in this case, it's labor. It is literally student athletes. They're the laborers. If you've only got one buyer, which is the NCAA and all of its 1,100 schools plus, they are setting the market rate for what they're, what they're going to get paid. In the, in the past, other entities or other collective entities have tried to make this argument that their product is the basis of a non-monetary uh, element along the way. So the NCAA's argument is amateurism. This, you're going to hear this buzzword a lot. Amateurism is the essence of the sport. It is what sets the tone for collegiate athletes and collegiate sports to be so profitable. Um, and so if we take away that amateurism, we're killing the sport, we're killing the product, and our value will depreciate a lot. That is kind of their counter argument was, you know, I guess there's a workaround to where if you can kind of prove that it will kill the market by raising these rates or whatnot, then you may get a pass from the government. Again, the court said, yeah, we're not buying that. <laughs> um, so this whole argument that amateurism is the essence of the sport, which I do think from a fan perspective, that's a good point. I mean, that's it, it kind of makes the difference between, you know, a professional and a college athlete, right? Like you, you're doing this as a job, as a profession to make income, you know, once you're in that professional arena, in my mind, you shouldn't be going to college to do that. I mean, at least not to that extreme, right? If you're able to make a couple bucks, like I said, I think that you should be able to make money, especially off of the name image likeness stuff. I a hundred percent think that it's only because of the way that I kind of explained it earlier. If anyone else can go out and get a job in there in college, you should be able to go get a job while in college. And if you're just in higher demand to go sponsors, Milo's sweet tea, then go out and sponsor Milo's sweet tea and get a couple grand for it. I mean, right. to me that, that makes sense. That tracks, you know, the way that you're talking, there is a limit, there is a line, but I want to hit on something that you just said uh, that, that kind of could get this into more of a pitfall that I don't know if I don't necessarily disagree with, but it really kind of sounds like you're making a lot of, you're throwing an eye in the word team here, right? You're really yes. making this a lot more about me as opposed to we. It, it's, I mean, it's going to be a huge issue, which I'm excited to talk about these two guests about as well, because you're right. This is definitely going to, it's going to empower the student athletes to go be their own brand. And so how does that, how does that mix with team sports at least? Now you've also got individual sports like tennis or golf. There you go. And then fair, in that fair, case, fair point, fair point. in that case, off to the races, have at it. You know what I'm saying? Cause I think even professional athletes in those two sports, I think that's a lot based it's off sponsorship, anyway, right? Yeah. You know, sponsorships <laughs> exactly, is yeah. like their biggest thing. It, it's definitely a big deal, but you know, with back to the Austin case, it's, um, you know, they, the Supreme court, a lot of times will either reiterate if they agree with the lower courts, they'll like pump up their arguments and they'll, they'll bolster them. Basically the appellate court here said, uh, the treatment of student athletes is not the result of free market competition. To the contrary, it is the result of a cartel of buyers acting in concert to artificially depress the price that sellers could otherwise receive for their services. Our antitrust laws were originally meant to prohibit exactly this source, sort of behavior. So that kind of like tees it up perfectly. Again, 
NCAA is the only person that will buy. You can't go anywhere else. Where are these athletes going to go? They can't, you know, no offense. God, I love my school. They're not going to Lambeth to make million dollar deals. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the yeah. NAIA is not, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're getting, not, not getting a lot of, dude, the only time I've heard like cartel legitimately used, like the first thing that pops in my mind is like, you know, Mexican mobsters, yeah. you know, like that's, that's what, yeah, well, <laughs> that's what pops in my head. We're not, we're not talking about that, but, uh, <laughs> That's um, what it feels like, though. You know, they're they're making they're making it happen. It they're making a, it happen. Has a cynical tone to it. That's fair. Well, okay. That's so fair. let's let's talk about let's talk about the point that you just made, though, because they're not going to Lambeth, right? Is this going to create a whole new case of how people recruit? Like, I mean, you know, okay. So for example, I just read before we started recording uh, on on this booster from Miami, who has basically said that I'm going to pay every single player at the University of Miami on their football team at least a five hundred dollar month stipend to be represented by my karate studios. Now apparently this guy owns like just a fleet of karate studios, which I guess is a thing. I don't know if it's not, if it is, whatever. It's a fleet of karate studios now, <laughs> but he owns a fleet of karate studios throughout the state of Florida. And, you know, some players, he said, you know, they'll get up to about six grand. It just depends on how you know active they are with that. But I mean, why can't a big booster, you know, and Clemson come in and say, Hey, I'll, I'll pay, you know, I'll pay you. I will pay you that Lamborghini. Like, man, I'd be that extreme, but I'll pay you something that you weren't going to make before. At least not, you weren't going to make that at Alabama. I can pay it to you here. Yeah. What, 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 what are we doing? So first of all, I, I would love to see a 300 pound offensive lineman teach karate classes. I would. Hey, listen, those that. guys can I, move. I, I would pay for that. <laughs> um, it, yeah. You know, I, again, I think they still, again, the court said that the NCAA has some, some rules still in place to kind of stop that kind of behavior. I don't know about that one specifically, but to your, the broader answer is we don't know. It's a mess. The universities are going to have to scramble to figure out what to do. And this brings us up to another good point. So this case more so than anything, it really just comments on what has happened. The, the status quo as of, you know, two weeks ago, so that's not necessarily the, the Supreme Court is not going to really dictate what happens next, but the NCAA had to respond. And I think over the last couple of years, they knew it was coming. But, you, you know, we mentioned California. I think it's something like 13 states have active laws on the books as far as name, image and likeness. Chime, time. time. I'm going to take a, a sip of water. We're going to we're going to do some water. Hydrate. There you go. Get hydrated. Get hydrated. Um, so this is where it gets really complicated. So multiple states have have laws on the books. Uh, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Mississippi, almost said Mississippi State, New Mexico, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Colorado, and more are coming. I found this nifty site, businesscollegesports.com. I think they're tracking all of the bills because cool. this stuff isn't going to happen overnight, um, but these states are trying to catch up, right? So you got that going on. So you got state laws in place now that may dictate you can only make 10 grand or you have to give a certain amount to this or that or whatever, or you can't do this or you can do that. So one, the state that you're in is going to dictate a lot of, of what you do. The NCAA also came out a couple of weeks ago and they said, starting on July 1st, again, in response to all of these bills, 
we are no longer, we're going to remove all restrictions on profiting from your own name, image, and likeness. So that was, that was why July 1st was such a big deal was because the NCAA said, we're no longer going to punish players for starting a business for profiting off sponsoring, you know, sponsorships from their TikToks or Instagram or whatever. So the NCAA takes the reins off. The states are coming in. They're making their own laws. This Supreme Court case comes out. And then you've got states with no laws. You've got institutions with laws you've, or with rules. You've got other institutions with no rules. It, it is the Wild West. It's, it, cra- it's crazy, it, that's, dude. We, that's exactly what it is. There, there are, I don't believe there are rules right now. I honestly, like, I think there's a lot of structure trying to be put in place around something that just, there is no true control of anymore, which is why the NCAA sucks. But, aside, you know, th- to me this feels like, it's almost, it's almost like we're cracking the door open. Just a little right? bit. I mean, this, this is, this is, this is, we are barely cracking that door open. So do you think that we're going to get to a full on pay for play at some point where the universities are kind of, I mean, they're, they're paying the players. That's a, that's a great question. I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they will have to in some capacity, again, coming back to the, the Alston case, you know, this was a nine Oh decision, which you don't get that a whole lot. You get all these nine justices to agree. That's rare. So, and, and some of their comments were pretty scathing. Kavanaugh came out and he probably had some of the best quotes. He actually just had a concurring opinion, which basically means I agree with you, but I also would like to uh, reinforce some of my other thoughts. For uh, the record. Yes. <laughs> he said, he said, I agree with the opinion in its entirety. Gorsuch crushed this. He didn't say that, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but he's like, but I also have some other things to say. This was probably the worst one. Um, this was like his closing, closing statement, closing paragraph said nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. And under ordinary principles of antitrust law, it is not evident why college sports should be any different. The NCAA is not above the law. That is Bridge. pretty scathing. I mean, he's commenting, saying, he, without reading between the lines, they, they got to get paid a fair market rate. So however we got to get there, we got to get there. A couple things that are happening. Hodgepodge of state laws right now. Like I said, institutions making their own rules. There is a lot of talk around Congress working on a bill to basically preempt all of those rules. Now, when the federal government writes a, a law like that, preemption is basically saying, okay, in the, within this space, we are reserving the right to make all laws and rules around this, this little space. We're waiting on that. So apparently the NCAA over the last couple of years has basically admitted, you know, hey, we, we missed this. We dropped the ball. We're going to work with Congress to work out a deal here because we, it's too late for us to make rules. We've, we've missed that. We missed the train there. So do I think it will happen? I, yes, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because how do you, I'm going to use it. I'm going to smile. And scale. I'm gonna, is, it, is it about to happen? Is it about I, to it's happen? happen? I'm so happy. It's going to happen. We're in the legal space. But how do you apply the same rules to the starting quarterback versus a, a, a rower or a golf player or a tennis player or the offensive lineman? How do you make this 
system fair, right? And a big thing that I, I you know, I follow a bunch of sports law attorneys. By the way, shout out uh, Dan Lust. If you don't, if you're if you're interested in this conversation at all, go follow him on Twitter. Fantastic follow there. He's been featured on a bunch of news stations and everything regularly, and they have a podcast, uh, Conduct Detrimental, um, which I listen to every week or whenever they put out anything. So they've been very active recently. Um, but they bring up a good point that there is no fair market rate right now. So like, what should a college athlete be paid as a fair market rate? We we don't know what that is, you know. So even when these new things come about. It's just going to be trial and error. And, and, you know, some people are going to get left behind at the beginning and in the middle, but, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens next. I'm excited. And I think, uh, based on that, I, I can't wait to hear what these, uh, what these guys got to say, you know, Hayden Colby coming on with us right now, uh, to really kind of get them going. Very, very true. I, I, uh, I'm curious to see what a former player's perspective is as well as a, as a current player. There's going to be a lot of issues that I think we'll unpack a little bit more after we speak to them. But uh, this is a big deal. This is a big, big deal. And uh, we, you know, we are both huge college, we're just sports fans in general. Um, but this will affect this will affect our teams. This will affect our sports, how we watch them. You know, it's gonna—it's not gonna be a surprise to see all uh, Bryce Young out there repping some car dealership at halftime or GoDaddy.com he's on or, or uh, he's, already, he's already doing cash app. Is he really like, for real? He's already signed with Cash App, <laughs> man. Yeah. Um, so yes, we're we're gonna unpack all those issues with these guests, and then uh, we'll do a little recap at the end. But uh, yeah, here we go. We're continuing on our conversation about uh, all of these new uh, NCAA name, image, and likeness changes. We are joined by current red shirt freshman, correct? Yeah. yeah. Colby, Colby Cox, current long snapper at Mississippi State University. Uh, thank you for joining us. No problem. No problem. I'm excited. Corey, do you want to give us some more? I want to hit on some things just to start. So, Colby, I pulled up your... Uh, page here on on the mississippi state website your bio uh, okay. believe well, any of these stats one you're not six one stop lying you short you want you you five eleven I'm pushing at, the, at the most i'm pushing you're you, you yeah, so short stop lying uh 235 in your bra you're not 235 get out of here 238 I will, say, I will say man it has been funny you know just like from a couple of years ago, and then you going off. Uh, like every time we come back for Thanksgiving and stuff, dude, you're yoked. Like it's just like you're just putting it on. You're just putting it on. That whole that whole SEC lifestyle is is legit. Uh, it's it's oh, yeah. pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. Now we're we're excited to have you on, and and, and I appreciate you uh, stepping in and, and answering a few questions for us. Um, so I guess to to start, let's let's go with how did you how did you pick Mississippi State, right? How did you land there? Okay, so. Recruiting is a little different for specialists because you don't really get, there's probably close to 500 snappers each year who want to play college football. And there's probably one, maybe two who get full rides. And uh, really the money thing was an aspect in a way, because I mean, I, I couldn't afford 50,000. I don't think most people can. And, but besides that, it's really when you come to Mississippi state, the people here are actually just like some of the best people I've ever met. Like Starkville is, it just feels like home. I told my parents, like when I came here, 
on my visit. It just, it felt like home immediately. So I, I knew I wanted to come here and then I'm playing for most likely a hall of fame coach is something that I think is really cool. It puts in perspective. Not everyone gets to do it. It's a, it's a blessing. So you can't really go, you, you can't really wake up each day and not want to do it. So I think that was a huge thing is that I love where I'm at and I, I know I made the right choice, but I, I think that's uh, that's why Mississippi State, the the people and the the fan base, really. Man, that is that is awesome. Um, first and foremost, thank you for for joining us for this conversation. Um, you know, we're going to have on a former Division One quarterback here after you, but uh, we wanted to get the perspective of a current player right now because. Uh, a lot has happened in the last week or two. Uh, I'm curious, what was your initial reaction when you heard that, you know, this name, image, and likeness was going to kind of be uh, available to current um, student athletes? And yeah, what was just your your gut reaction when you first heard this, the news? At first, I was a little, I'm not going to say upset, but I just kind of think that, or I thought that it would take away from the meaning of college football. Like, if you the steps after college football is when you really make your money, you get to do all the, the brand deals and stuff like that. So at first I was not too excited about it because I didn't want people focusing on how much money they're going to make when, you know what I mean by that? Like you don't want yeah. my teammate coming in, coming into workouts and being like, I don't care. I'm making money from Adidas and stuff like that. So I thought it would take away from the sport a little bit, but you know, once I've learned more about it, I, it's changed my aspect. And I mean, granted, I know my teammates, some of them feel different because I'm a long snapper. I'm not the one who's going to sell 300 jerseys. So don't sell yourself I mean, short, man. Hey, don't sell yourself hey, short. You can, hey, a man, a man can change his stars. Okay. You can dream. Um, and make it re- look at us. We're, we started a podcast. We thought nobody would listen and we've been on the rise for the last couple of months. So, uh, you definitely got it. That brings up a great point though. What are your teammates, coaches, and like the university saying about it? What is this? You guys have, you know, obviously share as much as you can. If you can't talk about stuff, that's fine. But you know, I'm sure your teammates are talking about it. Has the university or the coaches, have they approached the team? What's that, what's that like right now? So we had to have a team meeting with compliance and everybody who really works with the university in that aspect to make sure that we all knew what the rules were. Because you, if you're signing a brand deal, you have to go through the university. The coaches are really staying out of it because kind of, I think they feel like how I do. They don't want it to ruin anything with college athletics and make it more like the pros because it's not. Um, So I think that in that aspect, coaches are maybe not too excited about it. And I think that the university, if if I'm compliance right now, I I would hate my life because they're getting, (laughs) they're getting absolutely blown up with everything and they have to look over everything to make sure people are eligible, don't get kicked out of school. So, I mean, I don't think that they would really want, people signing too many deals, but it, it is what it is. It's new law. So they got to roll with it now. No, all I was going to say, man, is like, it seems like, you know, you look at somebody, especially like the big sec schools, right? I mean, like we mm-hmm. have a nice exposure. You guys are on TV every Saturday. You know, you, you have that. Do you think that, you know, we talked about you love and falling in love with the people and everything there and being a specialist, maybe it's a little bit of a different situation as you alluded to. Do you think that that would have changed any part of your recruitment process though? Say you're, you know, you know, you're a long snapper or if you're a quarterback, you know, do you think that if you go to a school where you're going to get more exposure, like in the SEC, you know, you might be more willing to go that way as opposed to go 
you know, to Cincinnati, since that happens to be the quarterback that we're talking to, right? Uh, you know, where you can get more possible marketing deals. In my aspect, it wouldn't change anything that I would have chose because, I mean, I guess that's easy for me to say now because it yeah. didn't have anything to do with my decision, but it wouldn't change my decision just because really, like I said, when I first heard it, it did it's not about making money like in college. It's actually, if you look at it in a way, it's about making your money in the future. And I think really people should choose their school on the best success rate and how they're going to get to play the quickest. I would have bet money you were going to South Carolina. I was bet like I like because I happened to be there when you went on your recruiting visit, right? And like so, we we're walking around the stadium and doing all this stuff together. And I would have bet, buddy, that's where you would go because you went there a couple times. Like, I, so I was I was honestly surprised when you chose state, but I, I'm glad to hear you made it home and everything. I'm still mad you didn't go to Bama. I mean, you know, we, we need all the five stars we can get. So you know, I'm sure you're never going to live that down, no matter how successful uh, you are. We're still always going to push you and want you to be at Bama. Uh, but no, man, we're super proud of you and, uh, and, and, and you. I'd love it and love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, I just, you know, so thinking about that from that perspective and, and again, I do understand not about money, uh, but if there's money to be made, you know, Hey, <laughs> throw a little everybody's oh, yeah. way. Right. Oh, I get think that. about, think about, uh, somebody like Dak. What, how do you feel like Dak? What it is racked up down in Stark Vegas. Oh, and when you think about Mississippi State, most people think about Dak Prescott and everyone here. If Dak Prescott comes on on the campus, he is literally means the world to Mississippi State. So I, he would have made. I mean, he's what the second highest paid athlete in the world right now, but he he would have made even more money in college. He would have good rap. But you know, I think that's a good pitch for recruiting. I guess you could say. So, uh, speaking of Dak, I did see him celebrating with the, uh, the baseball team. So also want to give you props, big, big national championship win there. That's huge. First in uh, school history, but yeah, I definitely saw Dak, uh, chumming it up with the guys in the locker room after the, after the win there. I thought that was pretty cool to see. Did you, uh, did you follow the boys on the, on the victory run? Oh yeah, I was, I, I think I missed maybe three baseball games all year. That, it was, it was huge. I mean, it was awesome to see. Starkville rallied behind that, and I think that's good for our athletic program because everybody needs a national champion to get somewhere. And I, I was actually telling someone when, you know, shout out to the baseball team. This is no no shame on them, but when they got embarrassed in the SEC tournament, you know, two two run rule games back to back, I was like, dang, that was huge. Like Mississippi State just needs a championship and something. But you know, they 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 heard what I said and they ended up winning the Natty. So I, I followed them the whole way, and you know, it was great to see Dak came back and gave them as much credit as they needed. So what you're saying is they only won because of Colby Cox giving them some shit. Is that is that really what you're saying right now? Like they they came back just for just for Colby. Oh really? Well, I mean, if we're looking at it, then I, I carried the team. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, that makes maybe, sense. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I was in, I was in the right fielder's head outside, like in outfield so much the right fielder couldn't play. So like that's just I mean I, mean, I don't say the ring maybe, but I, I, probably, I, I probably should just keep that national trophy in my in my room. You know, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. You know what I can't argue with? Where's the mullet, cuz? Like, uh, hold on. Like, we had the mullet for first. You still got this thing? It's still back there? Okay. The hat's covering it up a little bit. I don't have it yet, but I just want to know, just want to let this out there that Louisiana Tech is in for a ride just to, just by my hair, right? When I take my helmet off there. <laughs> for, 
first game is just intimidation, just strictly intimidation. <laughs> you, you got a solid, you got a solid flow going on there. So it's uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So hey. I was telling Van this before you jumped on too. Uh, we were talking uh, about Thanksgiving a couple years ago, uh, sitting in the backyard and uh, trying to snap and hit cans off of everybody's heads. Did, oh, I remember uh, that. Did did anyone did you or Logan ever actually finish it? Did anyone actually stand there long enough to to attempt to allow this to happen? <laughs> nobody nobody ever trusted us. I mean, I, I, I'm hey, granted, if I've never seen someone snapped, then I wouldn't. But that's what you got. You got to blindfold them, man. Just blindfold and then just give it hell. Exactly. I mean, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hit nobody. I, I, trust th- I think we do what we're doing, doing the next time we're all together. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, hey, let's do it. Hey, we, I'll put money on it that I do. It. <laughs> <laughs> we, we started a TikTok. I feel like those videos would be uh, successful on TikTok for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I've see. I've never gotten into TikTok, but and honestly, with this name, image, and likeness, would be a good way to make a lot of money if I can go famous. It's a good, go. a good point, man. Hey, um, couple funny other questions to to close out for you. Um, so what's the specialist room like as far as just like film? It's like it's a whole. It, it's a tight knit group. I mean, it's the third phase of the game. But what's what's that like? Any funny stories out of that? Um, well, there's a, there's a lot of funny stories, you know, some that maybe shouldn't get out, but uh, the specials are uh, like my closest friends because, you know, we spend every day together. Uh, but one of the funniest stories, you know, this, this dude's one of my best friends, so I can say it, but uh, in the bowl game, we are playing Tulsa, our, our punter, fourth quarter, we were winning, it was raining the whole time, we haven't punted since the first quarter. He gets in there and and he, he goes to punt it and kicks the ground, right? Kicks the ground and the ball hits the hits the dude uh, rushing and he runs it for three yards. So it was a negative three yard punt. And just hearing the amount of crap that he got <laughs> about that from us was just it was it was one of the best things. And just I mean every practice, like obviously you're cheering for your boys, but like if they do something to mess up, it's just kind of funny. <laughs> just to hear just as long as the coaches aren't yelling at you and they're yelling at them it's funny but right, right, right when they start yelling at you you're like oh no this is not good uh yeah i mean i think it's just like growing up right if you ever heard logan getting yelled at it was fine as soon as it became cool oh whoa 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 okay exactly. this isn't this funny anymore this isn't this exactly. funny. all right and i and i couldn't have you on without asking about your your future hall of fame coach i mean obviously the dude's everywhere everybody loves his personality give me the best mike leach story you got that you're allowed to share <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty that go down in the film room after the game, but those those will have to be uh, some some off camera stories. But one of the best ones, my dad loves this story, is we were about to play Texas A&M, so we were actually ranked at this point because we just came off the the big LSU win. So it was a huge game. Texas A&M was at us. The Cowboys were ringing, and it was literally kickoff. Like we were live television going into kickoff, and our kicker, like Coach Leach, starts walking up to our kicker and. Uh, we were all like, okay, he's just going to go give him a pep talk or something. And we didn't know what, he, we didn't know what he said to Brandon, who's our kicker. And he kicks off whatever. And we, he comes back and he was like, did y'all see Leach come talk to me? And we we're like, yeah, what'd he say? And he goes, y'all realize it's right before the game, right? Like we just kicked off. I was like, yeah. What'd he say to you? He goes, he asked what my parents would do for a living. <laughs> right before. <laughs> sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah so that's actually like that it, when you see the personality on on 
you know, Twitter or anything where his interviews, that's just how he is. He, he shoots it straight. I mean, it's got him very successful. So I, I love him as a coach though. So it, he has a ton of, ton of funny stories. That is that is fantastic. To close out, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this was some great perspective. Uh, good luck with this season. We'll definitely be pulling for you every weekend except for October 16th. So, you know, that is what it is. I will Sorry. see you that weekend. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be down in Stark Vegas to watch, bud. Okay. Well, uh, no offense, but I hope you leave with some disappointment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Colby, anything you want to pump right now? Thank yous or, or anything that you're working on? Anything that we should know about you? Well, shout out to my brand deal. I actually signed with the, or I didn't sign it, but, you know, I'm working with a brand called Nothing Fancy. It's, a, it's actually a brand that was now kind of co-owned by Hardy, the country singer, and Morgan Malone. So that that's huge. But if there's anyone listening to this that wants to, you know, shoot me something that I maybe can work with them in the future, that'd be awesome. So we'll but thank you we'll guys for having me on. It's been so, sounds great. We'll, de- we'll definitely uh, we'll get some links from you. We'll, we'll share those out. So that's awesome, man. Hey, uh, thank you again so much. Continued success. Good luck, man. We'll be uh, we'll be pulling for you. Thanks for joining us. Well, hey, everybody. So we have been kind of talking through this NIL uh, stuff and are lucky to have somebody who was a former athlete, former D1 athlete, former quarterback at the University of Cincinnati. The Bearcat himself threw for over 6,500 yards in his career, over 42 touchdowns, ran for 10 more, uh, played up in the CFL. The guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to D1 athletics, the face of the franchise, really, for about three years there. Uh, So I think this could have been something that affected you a lot. You know, kind of what are your initial thoughts just over the subject of NIL now that it's come in? And now it's come in after the fact from from your days, your the glory days, as it were. Yeah, I saw it in the talks. And uh, once I actually saw it uh, become legit, the very first thing that went through my mind was, of course, wow. Uh, yeah, two years after I'm gone, they, they bring this up and... Uh, I kind of got jealous, I guess, a little bit. But the more I looked into it and the more I thought about it, um, I was just like, good for my friends that are in there now. You know, I think it should have been this way anyways from the beginning. Like everybody else, somebody put it really well. Everybody else can make money off their name besides D1 athletes. That's literally the only people that cannot do that. So I don't think it's... um, fair and i'm happy for my teammates now that are able to use that that's a pretty solid take on it because i'm sure the initial reaction was like come on yeah (laughs) come on yeah uh it's tough tough when stuff like that happens but we we definitely wanted to get your perspective while you were there pre all of this stuff that's happened right now but like may not be able to share everything but what was it what was it like what was your experience in college regarding like athletes getting paid was that talked a lot about was that like hush hush um somebody roll up with some like spinners and stuff like you know that guy was taken care of you know but nobody says anything you know kind of deal maybe not at cincinnati but maybe you know (laughs) friends or people that uh, went to other schools (laughs) i definitely saw it at other schools i don't think there was anybody like super popular when i was at cincinnati where they would be getting like cars and stuff but I definitely heard about people. Um, I've got. I had friends at like Alabama and stuff, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it happens all the time." Ath- uh, agents basically just give them the money. Like some agents are so bad that like the the players would be like, "All right, I'll take you, but I want fifty thousand. 
and it what? just happens. Why you got the Alabama under the bus? Yeah, like I was that. gonna why say gotta, it, it can't just attack. be that school. Well, because <laughs> I was an Alabama fan, and Alabama is pretty much the best college, and they have the highest athletes, and that's pretty and much the best. Back. And we're back from friends again now. Okay. I, I was until I went to Cincinnati and then I had to change over, of course. So um, I'm it, not saying specifically from Alabama, but I am saying schools like that. Right, How about right. That? Fair. So fair. from uh, fair. from like actual coaches or the school or compliance departments, any did, did you ever get any like education on the as you came through, like, hey, don't do this, make sure you watch out for that? this could get you in trouble. Was that a big topic or was it just kind of like unknown? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. We had a whole, um, meeting every year on it, on compliance so that there's a whole separate group of people who work for the football team, uh, and their compliance and they know all the rules. The coaches say, Hey, if you have any questions on what you can do and what you can't do, you go talk to compliance, say like somebody is contacting you, an agency is contacting you. You, shouldn't say anything back to them you should go to compliance and see what you can do so that you don't get in trouble so we had that available for us 24 7 and they pretty much told us what we can and cannot do we we discussed the compliance department a little bit before and that with all of these changes their job just got a whole lot harder because, i mean <laughs> yeah they just got a uh, a whole nother they're, they're thousand book yeah playbook <laughs> they're, they're going to have to add positions to deal with the mess that is this new uh this new world that we're living in um oh yeah but Corey, do you want to take your your question there yeah so i've heard random things and i, I think this one was done away with because i think it finally got called out like 10 years ago or something but like the ncaa used to allow universities to give athletes cereal for example but they weren't allowed to technically give them milk now who the hell is yeah. going to take dry cereal like, like crazy stuff yeah. like that what, what is some of your experiences that you're still saying are were you still i mean it was only three years ago right it wasn't like it was that long ago that you were you were there uh what were so some I of the one. things that you kind of saw like that yeah I had one specifically that I remember, and it was that we could get bagels, but we couldn't get cream cheese. So we weren't allowed Makes to put no cream sense. cheese on our bagels. So I, we would get as many bagels as we want. So I'd take a whole thing of like blueberry bagels, but I could not get cream cheese from the team. So, and who wants dry bagels with no cream cheese? I thought Hell. that I thought Corey's question was a little outdated, but I thought it was cool. So I was like, go ahead and ask it. And sure no, enough, sure. you got a story there. It's still a thing. For sure. It's still a thing. How is that still There's a thing? There's a lot of things yeah, like, like that. So, did really you ever know. feel like this was you know, something Van wanted to, I think, lead into? But, you know, you talked about the compliance department and, and different things. You know, was there ever like those minor things? Did you ever take some cream cheese? Did you, did you ever really take some cream cheese on the side? Like, did, did, was there ever that little thing no, that you're like, the no. minor infraction kind of got? The coaches, you know, hey, listen. like, they didn't care enough. They're like, all right, we can't give them cream <laughs> cheese, and who cares? Like, I'm not going to risk. So there was those small details that it just didn't really matter. Like, there was no reason to risk it, I guess. Did uh, at any point during your career was there talks of these new laws? I mean, California kind of kicked it up in 2019, so that's kind of right, right at the end of your time there, I guess. Was there talk on campus about potential changes, or was it just, hey, this is the status quo, this is what it is? Well, it was always like talked about between players, like why can't we get like paid for certain things? Um, my senior year, I remember there was talks about. Uh, rules maybe getting changed in the future, but it was nowhere close to being yeah. finalized. 
Um, so, you know, we didn't really get anything of it. Obviously, all the news came out about players getting paid for autographs, you know, Johnny Menzel and stuff like that. So oh. stuff definitely was already happening. Um, right. So, yeah. And what we were kind of talking about earlier is this this new structure is not a pay-for-play thing it's not you know supposed to be boosters giving out five grand to come to the school this is more profiting off of like your name image and likeness but that that extends to like even doing camps i mean you know you think about college players that may not have the biggest brand you're not talking about a dak prescott or a you know reggie bush or whatnot but like you know you could have probably picked up a summer camp and made a couple grand or like you know made some money for charity and then split it or what you know um, yeah, it, you know, that's kind of what we're, what we're looking at here. So it's just a whole different landscape. And I was just curious if, you know, any of your former teammates now or guys back at the school have already started planning things. Do you know of anybody, you know, I don't know how much you keep up with the, uh, the guys that were younger than you, but anybody planned on, you know, moving forward with anything like that? Well, first off, um, we were allowed to work. I, every summer I worked our Cincinnati like youth camps and got paid like it was oh. a job yeah we got um, and it was a compliance thing like you were allowed to get uh, this amount of money to to help um, and I did that every summer because obviously it was extra money it's good money and um, I think that that'll definitely start happening like people giving private lessons um, because you get a big name, you go back home, everybody knows who you are. You just put on Facebook, Hey, I'm giving lessons. All your high school is definitely going to just send kids to you. Like it, it's definitely going to start happening. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I would assume it's, it's already in the works. It's crazy that I didn't even think that you couldn't do that before this. You know what I'm saying? Cause like I, I remember, I remember going back home and I just taught guitar lessons. Like my brothers did like soccer lessons and stuff. You should be mm-hmm. able to do that over the summer and yep. whatnot. The fact that college players couldn't do that. I, I didn't even prior to doing all this research, I, I didn't even think that was like a thing that couldn't happen, which is wild. So kind of through your time and really the past few years since he's really kind of, they're coming up, man. You guys have had a, oh, pro, yeah. had a good little program over there. Oh yeah. You think it's something definitely. like this can, can really benefit you guys like being able to kind of pull a little bit more stuff in there. Is Cincinnati, a good market town. Like, you know, they got, got some good things uh, that could, that could really help some people out. Well, I'm already seeing Barstool Cincy, uh, like Ooh, our yeah. our separate barstool account, they have been adding uh, UC athletes. So I literally just saw on my on uh, Instagram, I saw they are pretty much inviting all athletes, and they've got an athlete from each sport already, besides two. And uh, they're gonna have them at events, barstool specific events, get barstool gear. Um, so it's it's already moving. I was kind of surprised if like there's already a couple football guys signed up, and um, it's crazy. That is awesome. Is there anything? Is there anything like Barstool or anything that you feel like you kind of you wish you could have been a part of, like Barstool specific, or like is there a local chicken place that you just would have like loved <laughs> to like be sponsored by or some, do some commercials or something? Oh well, y'all wouldn't understand this, but. Uh, Skyline Chili is really big in Cincinnati, and I absolutely love that place. So as weird as that sounds, I would have loved to have been like 
a sponsor for Skyline Chili. <laughs> Skyline Chili. And nobody's going to understand that unless, unless you are from Cincinnati or have visited up there. Um, it's a very popular place for Cincinnatians. Hey, we'll, we'll tag them. We'll tag them when we put okay. the episode out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I actually got roasted one time uh, on one of my interviews. I told a, uh, a guy that I like to dip my Skyline Coney's in ranch and hot sauce. And I swear there was like five Cincinnati people saying, that's a disgrace. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh my And all gosh. this stuff. Like it's serious. And I was like, whoa, man, try it before you roast me. So speaking of serious food debates, we've had the great chicken sandwich uh, wars on here. Ah, I saw what, that. What's your, be- what's your favorite chicken sandwich? All right. I haven't really ventured out too many chicken sandwiches. I tried to go to Bojangles, and they were, like, sold out. It was right when they were getting big, and they were like, oh, well, we don't really have them right now because they're all out. Um, but I really like the Zaxby's sandwich because okay. I love their sauce. Um, so their sauce really makes that sandwich. I, you got to ask for extra sauce though. The Zach sauce is yep. solid. Zach, Zach sauce is solid. I did have a Popeye's chicken sandwich for the second time today. It's, <laughs> it's unreal. It is unreal. I need to try it. Unreal. I, need to try it. I think that KFC one looks really good too. Ooh, I have not tried the KFC. Corey hates KFC, so he's hating on that, but I think I would try it. I've always liked the way their chicken tastes, even though I cowered when he brought it up last time. So a um, couple, couple funny ones here. Um, all right, so does Reggie Bush deserve his Heisman back and all of his stats? I was thinking about that, and I, that's tough. Um, no, no, I don't think so. Okay. You know, it's it's more of like a character thing. Like, he knew it was wrong then, so why should it not have been wrong in the mind now? That, Even though they made the rules, it was still, he just still chose to do it when it was illegal, so. And that is the biggest counter-argument to people that say he should get it back, for, yeah. for sure. Doing something that was wrong, and you knew it was wrong, so. Um, like, weed. It's the same, same thing. Yeah, it's exactly what I was. Th- I didn't know if we wanted to say that, but I was. It's all like because we're you know, talking about let's making just throw it legal, right? So we yeah, let's talk about some weed. Let's just let's just do it now. Because <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about making it legal, right? So you know, and then if you forgive. You can you can let people off, you know, from jail, right? But they still served that time. That still they stayed. Did like, it's time. Not, it doesn't so, go away. This is. I had a spirited debate this weekend about this. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, I agree. So if it's wrong at the time and you get punished for it. That should stand. Now, liberty and freedom is different from stats and having a Heisman Trophy. Very different things. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> going true. back and giving someone back a trophy in status, that's a little bit different than like, hey, maybe we shouldn't force this person to serve a 20-year sentence for, for marijuana. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. retroactively going back and fixing that problem, if it's your life and liberty, um, that makes sense to me. Yeah, as far as the, the trophy, I guess I have two, two thoughts on it. One, I don't know what it hurts, although your counterargument I, I tend to agree with as well. So that's where the conflict comes into play. So I think, you know, in the current climate that we're in, the, it's so it's very easy it's a politically correct win to just be like hey here you go have it back you know what I'm saying? like it's going to be a good pr stunt for the heisman trusts and everything absent the fact that it was wrong and they're supposed All to right, be let me hit you, let me hit you with, let me hit you with this let go me hit you with the counter just to that <laughs> point think about the heisman right and what it represents and think about like somebody like johnny football who has come out and said hey listen i did x y and z when i was yeah. in college i did all stuff that you found out now should they go back and take his away 
pay. They're not going to do that. Because there, there was a little rough track record there of, I mean. Or with Jameis. Jameis. Yeah, I was going to bring up Jameis uh, as well. That's a good point. That's a good point. If they did yeah, things sure. wrong, but they just didn't get caught at the time. Hmm. I'm glad I'm not they making can't it. They all be Devontae. They just can't I all think be it's not life. It's just the way it is. <laughs> it's not life or death. I it's, think it's, uh, not. it's not. It's so, not a big deal. I uh, think they could figure something out. Yeah. And if they give it back to him, I don't think it costs them much. You know what I'm saying? It's a good PR PR move. But um, so speaking of public relations, Davo said he was going to, he, he said, I, I think it was tongue in cheek. Obviously things are taken out of context. This is a huge topic recently, but he said, you know, if players start getting paid, I'll quit my job. What's your what? What are your thoughts? Should he quit? I think that's total BS. He was just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess he really thought it wasn't going to happen. And as a, in a coach's perspective, I understand why he's mad about it. Like players are just going to get out of control, um, and coaches are going to have to deal with it. So talk so, talk to us about that because that's something that we brought up as a potential pitfall here. Is this whole there's no I in team thing? This is going to definitely. We don't. We don't know where this is going to stop either. We're very much in limbo here as far as like things are going to continue to change. What's this going to be like in the locker room? You kind of alluded to a little bit, but you know when somebody says, "Well, I've got X amount of you know followers and I got to get eight catches this game, or I got to get ten, or what do you think that's going to be like? That whole dynamic is going to change, is it not? Yeah, I mean, a good team is made up of family like the biggest part of Cincinnati's um, success recently is like how how much better they came together uh, and like the first few years of my career it wasn't as much like that and then they kind of created a brotherhood so like I think that th- these rules coming out are really just gonna release these athletes that already had a big head and now are depending on their fame to make money and they're not going to care as much about football and the team and they're going to be worried about their performance because they can get money from being famous and doing good so i think it's just pointing in the wrong direction and i think the coaches have to really work hard to uh, to when they i mean they're gonna really work hard to get their guys to not fall into that pit so do you think by that thought, I mean, these are 17, 18 year old kids, right? I mean, so if you think about it from that perspective, could mm-hmm. this at some point, you know, kind of shift, you know, some of that, you know, Bama's, Bama and Clemson have been on top for a while now. You think this shifts anything to, to anywhere else? What do you mean exactly? Like, you know, so we talked about an example earlier. Miami has a booster who's apparently going to be paying like $500 for the entire football team every month. He's basically going to give them a stipend to represent his that karate studio type thing. He has a bunch of karate studios. Do you think, I mean, you know, people yeah. like, you know, Clemson, Bama, you know, Florida. I mean, Florida, you know, they're big with the Jumpman stuff, right? Now they're going to need to be like individually sponsored by Jumpman instead of just wearing it on their shirt. You know, like that, that those kind of larger marketing deals are going to be part of a recruiting and coaching tactic as opposed to just come play here let's see what we can do to help advance you from a career perspective yeah yeah i think uh recruiting is going to change a a lot i already saw that um obviously you can't make a a sponsor deal uh for wearing the sponsor in a game 
that I read, you can outside of practice and outside the game, you can get paid for wearing whatever you want. And I think that in the background, there's probably going to be some deals made with teams and local sponsorships during recruiting time. And I think it can get really, it's going to get real dicey. <laughs> we, yeah, the, this the whole recruiting aspect is going to get flipped upside down. You yeah, know, the N- NCAA completely. is retaining a lot of its recruiting rules, which will still kind of curtail this a little bit it's going to bring it in a little bit and i think they're going to still have the ability to nix some of those deals um but you're right once you and that's the big argument that's what all has always been the big argument is once we open the door once we just crack the door just a little bit just to see what it feels like somebody's going to just slam that thing open and then we're off to the races so i'm very just like you i'm i'm curious to see how this changes the the landscape the dynamic does a usc who's got a flashy you know you know record do they start getting new recruits because they can get bigger deals for kids i mean you know it's going to be really interesting you know i i think that uh i I think in my head like if this is the way it's supposed to be we're just used to the norm we're used to what it has been we don't really know if that was the right way or the wrong way if this was the right way then everything that's going to be happening with recruiting and with these kids getting money for their likeliness was supposed to happen and now we just have to adapt and it's weird as it looks and seems maybe it's what it was supposed to be the whole time people are afraid of change and one of the numbers that we threw out earlier was the fact that and this is a small number but you know in the 80s there were a couple other cases that came up with paying players but uh, March Madness was bringing in like 16 to 18 million dollars a year for for uh, college basketball. Uh, right now, they're at 1.1 billion dollars a year annually generated from March Madness. So clearly, things have changed. To your point, and you're right. You know, people are afraid of change, but clearly, right now, there's a discrepancy between the money that's being generated on a business side of things and you know the the money that's not being collected by student athletes so that's that's definitely an interesting take people are afraid of change i think that's where everybody's kind of nervous but you're right this may be this may just be a great thing and there may be challenges and struggles that we'll have to work through but you know it it will be very interesting to see in five ten years where where we at how this has changed the landscape so for sure any other uh closing thoughts or anything for us anything else that we're totally missing that you've thought about since hearing the news here yeah i had um one thing you really got to put in perspective like this is a huge deal but when you really think about it there's only a couple people on the team that are really going to benefit from this you can't just take some some kit like you have to have stature you have to have a lot of followers you have to have a name or else people are not going to like they're not going to just give you money so it's really i mean it's really going to be only a select few that are going to uh uh get money from this like good money that's another good point do you think that's fair so your your offensive line right so let's say let's mm-hmm. say go back two years you sign that's a, a great you, point. you sign offensive a big line. you sign a you sign a big deal you get a you get a let's say let's say it's mo- modest so fifty thousand dollar deal for the year or whatnot for you to go represent so-and-so what about your That's offensive? <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm just yeah. saying, like, I, I know, but you know, you know, Reggie Bush would have pulled 
a million dollar deal or Zion Williamson. Think about that. You know what I'm saying? They're, you know, those are the elites. Yeah. Well, let's say 25,000 doesn't matter. Yeah. So what's your offensive line going to think about you getting paid on, on Friday and then Saturday, they got to yeah. go out there and block for you, but they're doing it and they got to send money back home to pay rent or whatnot. You know, it's going to get complicated, right? Absolutely. You just made the best point there. You like, <laughs> you always have to, uh, after the game interviews praise your o-lineman and you have to keep them on your side every year i bought my o-lineman uh it's called a bearcat pizza and it's probably like six feet long three feet wide and you just got to make them happy make them full and make them happy tell me more about this pizza you just described oh (laughs) why aren't we sponsored by this this is what we need patrioticos uh sign me up give me some money now that i can yes yeah, you could do it now, paid. man. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I mean, the pizza is amazing. It's like this. It's oh. three inches thick. Uh, it's. It's a. We're like it's meat nice. lovers. What are we? Pepperoni? Oh yeah, we, like the meat whole, lovers. The whole thing, like meat lovers. Anything on there, and it oh is my gosh. packed. Just take a whole it's table. Great. Ranch it's, and hot sauce on this too, right? Well known. Yeah. Uh, I keep ranch off my pizza. Pizza is good without ranch. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I love um, ranch though. So, so wow. Yeah. Cause I just, even, yeah, you're right. Between the university and the player, between the coach and the player, between the players and the other players, all relationships are going to be affected by this. I was going to get dicey. And that's what the good teams are going to do is going to, they're going to be able to balance all of this. They're going to have the players that don't make it their priority and keep the linemen involved and keep them happy and keep everybody else happy while still getting their money. And that's where the good teams are going to come out. My, my dad brought this up a lot during COVID about the championship teams that came out of COVID were the ones that had the best systems in place to deal with change. They were the, they could adapt. They had good stability within their organization to be able to move and adjust. And uh, you're right. That's, that's going to be a big deal is balancing all of those relationships. And the, like we even said, the compliance department too, just making sure you're, you know, up to par on all the rules and everything no man uh, listen i think that's fantastic I, I i can't wait to uh to really kind of see how this thing develops and see really who goes and, and how it, how it grows and how you take care of that o-line without you know if i can give them a bagel but not any cream cheese i still don't know how those rules kind of gonna <laughs> go into here you get all uh, the cream hey, cheese we, you want now all the cream cheese now oh man i greatly greatly appreciate you coming on talk to us for a few minutes here it's a huge honor i think you are by far probably our, our coolest guest uh i'll say it i don't care i'll have my cousin on next who's, <laughs> oh, whatever man. but yeah coolest guest by far oh, i appreciate definitely that. appreciate it definitely uh, appreciate also, you coming also yeah on. i feel famous on here first just, of all just to be able to invite <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming on and joining us. I know it was short. We should do a bigger episode. We can talk about a six foot pizza or something later. Um, (laughs) But I want to give you an opportunity as well. I know um, you're still playing football, but you started a business as well. So I want you to get, I want to give you a shot to to go and talk about that. We're going to ask you quite, and we're, you know, let's swap. I appreciate that. Let's swap. Yeah. (laughs) Because I I just talked to you about um, getting the podcast started for my business and uh, me and my father-in-law, uh, just started a business called Royal Links Golf Tours, and we're sending golfers to uh, Ireland, England, Scotland, and Wales for golf golf tours. We're going to be at golf operators. Um, and he's been doing it for about 24 years. Every year, he started taking his dad 24 years ago, and then every year, he's been taking people. And uh, finally, wanted to make a business out of it. So uh, he wanted to keep it in the family. 
so it was kind of a perfect opportunity i love golf and we played a lot together so we uh yeah, you're, we got you're that pretty going. good you're pretty good as well i played with you oh once. yeah what's, what's a handicap here? what's our <laughs> handicap uh right now it's officially five but i'm not playing that right now i haven't played in a while that's, so that's still a lot better than I was anything a, i could ever I dream was, to touch i was a little hungover when we played too <laughs> <laughs> i think we, we only got through nine holes because yeah, everybody got, wasn't feeling too it well got real hot and then they really you know we won't talk about it's that. okay you know i got your uh i got y'all's rain checks so i have two full free Ooh. rounds in my bag because okay. y'all Gallenberg talking BS trip. This the three. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's do it. We're in. Um, all right. In. So Royal Links. What is it? Royal Links. Yep. RoyalLinksGolfTours.com Golf Tours. is our website. Cool. Uh, we got that all, all up and running, and you can find everything on there. We got a promo tour April 2022 to Ireland. Come with me and Jeff. It'd be a blast. Awesome. Well, oh, yeah. thank you again. Good luck with the business. We will be sure to uh, post some links on our Talking BS page as well. That sounds awesome. Good luck with everything. I love you. I'm glad you're here. This was great. Love y'all too. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. And All thank right, you, man. Corey. Yes, sounds sir. A pleasure. Thanks, dude. That was awesome. Yes. Wow. What a cool. That's a. <laughs> yeah. Two two yeah. two great conversations. I don't even know where to go with it. I mean, it, it was so different, and I was honestly a little surprised to hear kind of Colby's uh, yeah. take. He's definitely more of a traditionalist when it comes to kind of how that approach was, which I appreciate. I mean, we, we talked I, about that a little bit, right? Yep. I mean, I don't think in, – in my mind, I think, uh, you know, it changed a little bit because every 17, 18-year-old to me is out to make money. You know, it's not necessarily for the love of the game, but I have been proven wrong. So that is – I mean, beautiful. I, lo- I love to see it. I love to hear it. Uh, but at the end there, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I will take a couple a couple plugs if yeah. uh, somebody wants to give me some shout outs, which, hey, yeah, it's business. Business is business now. I, Let's I th- see what we can do. Yeah, I thought Colby's perspective was refreshing and not what I expected, which in a good way, because we talked the whole, you know, no IN team, you know, I think getting Hayden's perspective as well as as far as recently leaving that, uh, that world of being a student athlete, you know, I, I knew there was going to be, there's got to be some feeling of missing out, but him, you know, nodding to his future, you know, his former teammates and the the guys that are still there, I think you still want to cheer those guys on. So it was just great to hear both of those, those kind of perspectives and, uh, gotta love a good Mike Leach story. Gotta, gotta love that. The man is the man is a legend. I'm so glad he's in the SEC now. It's just he is out there, dude. Like there's just it. there's nothing caught. Love you it. know, hey, we're about to go play a huge game, ranked opponent. Oh, hey, about, so what is it your parents do for a living? Like just <laughs> nonchalant, just, like oh whatever, it's fine. No, it's fine. Don't worry like, about it. Like no stress or just like like let's settle in. Hey, what are you having for dinner tonight? Who, what, hey, what, what's your favorite chicken sandwich? Which I didn't ask Colby. I'll, I'll need to find that. Oh, man. Hey, we'll, we'll have him back on. We'll have both of these guys back on for, for a full episode of something. We'll ask him then. But uh, yes, so we've got a whole new landscape as we talked about. We've got, you know, current players figuring it out. You know, it sounds like he's kind of working on something right now. And, um, you know, we talked about a bunch of different issues that this pr- provides because. Like we said at the very beginning, this is not over. This is this is something brand new, huge change, and uh, there's going to be a lot of things that that guys like Colby or the starting quarterback are going to have to figure out. 
No, I, I agree. Like it's something that everyone's got to figure out from the players to the coaches. I did find it a little interesting that a lot of the coaches kind of right now, at least from the state perspective, are kind of being a little more standoffish. Yes. Uh, compliance departments seem to be, uh, they came up in both conversations, which I thought was pretty funny. You know, it's something that doesn't seem to be going away and something that only seems to be growing uh, from a uh, from a perspective of, of really what it is their responsibilities are, are kind of entailing. It. I don't know, man. It's it's going to be crazy. I, I think you know we alluded to it earlier. We're really just kind of cracking the door on this one right now, and, and I'm curious to see who's going to come in and kind of kick it down and really kind of get it going. With that being said, though, to to kind of bring in some some couple issues that I still think we haven't really addressed yet that I, I know that you definitely wanted to talk on. You know, we talked about the the no iron team. We talked about some of the representation things. What are really some of the tax implications that can kind of come from this? Because these guys getting paid off of TikTok and, and everything else, I mean, they're 18. They, they don't even know – they don't know how to balance a checkbook, right? We, we, we went kind of over this in some earlier yeah. episodes. I don't know. How to, but, you know, what, what are some of the tax implications that you, you can foresee from this? So it, it's, it's three different things that I am – that in my circles of the, you know, recent uh, bar graduates are kind of talking about tax implications, one – choice of law issues as well. And then representation too. So first of all, you know, before you couldn't really, you couldn't have an agent because that ruined your, your amateurism. Right. So, I mean, I've already seen the big name attorneys, you know, I think Lee Steinberg and some other guys have already said, you know, contact us for representation, which I think at this point, if any, if any athletes going to start navigating these waters of profiting off of their name, image, and likeness, they're going to need to have someone in their camp to look out for them. I don't know if an agent is necessarily the best route off the bat. They're going to need an attorney, you know, because, um, like I said, like you just mentioned tax implications and choice of law. So let's say you're from Indiana and you get a scholarship to go play at Alabama or an sec school. And then you play your games here, but you take a, you take a rep deal in Ohio and then you flap to New York to do an autograph session. You've just now thrown in five different states where you've profited and made money. So are you getting taxed under Alabama law? Are you getting taxed under Ohio, New York, I mean, Indiana? Where, so is it where the money's being made? Is it where you're playing the sport? Yeah, where, where your residence is. So that is going to be, again, you just said, these are 18 year old kids that don't know how to balance a checkbook. They've, you know, a lot of them have probably never had money in their life, you know? Um, so especially like the big, big athletes, like you're talking about starting essentially a business. How do you navigate all of that? So they're going to need help. They're going to need good people in their corner. We've seen what professional sports does to some athletes when they get money, right? And so if they don't, if they don't think about tax implications, if they don't think about who's representing them, they're going to be in hot water. So what is, what is that average, right? It's like three years after you retire a a professional athlete actually ends up going broke like 50 or 60 or 70%, whatever. I know it's an absurd stat. I wish I knew what it was off the top of my head, but I do know it's absurd, right? That these people do go broke, you know, extremely fast. You think they make all these millions and millions of dollars and they do, but for a very short time frame. So it really is important to kind of know these these business implications just as what you're talking about right. to try to build you a know, full brand and a full business. Yeah, a perspective that I didn't expect from both of these guys was the idea that I love how Hayden said this even though this change is different it may this may be what was supposed to happen the whole time. And so we're just going to get caught up to it and then I think Colby mentioned yeah. how 
you know, you're supposed to go make all of your money after college, but that this may just gear people up for that later life. And and that's a good perspective. I'm coming at this from the attorney perspective of risk and like, oh my God, this is scary. You do kind of need the dreamer. It's kind of like us. It's like I'm the risk the guy and you're like the hey, let's just make it happen, right? So this may this may actually be beneficial to athletes that are gonna go on to be professional in that they can learn, they can they can make mistakes and they can learn while they're in college, the life lessons that they're going to need to be a professional athlete. I, that's a perspective I didn't even think about till we had these conversations. This might be a huge blessing in disguise to where they, they not only get a, an education from an academic institution, but they also get an education in business and in life for those maybe one or two or even four years or five. Some kids may stick, think about this, some kids may stick around because their deals are so good in college. Think about the five-year you know, player who grinds it out the whole time, maybe they make a little business for themselves through those five years and maybe they're not cut out to play professional, but they have, they're set up now for life after sports, you know, it's, they're, they're business acumen to your point. And they have business acumen. They're already connected with agents, attorneys, businessmen and women, and they have, they're off to the races, you know, so that for as many pitfalls and issues and scary things there are, this could be that this probably will be a really good thing for a lot of people. Listen, I don't know if we could say it or end it any better than that. I think, uh, you know, after hearing, I, I will, I, I just want to give kudos to, to the guests, even, even some more. I mean, that was honestly eye opening from my perspective of really an outsider's perspective, right. And having these guys who are on the inside, who have been there, who have put in the work, who understand what goes into those compliance departments and really what they need to do and how we can move through with this, the, the maturity uh, of, of current college athletes, I think maybe getting overlooked here, you know, I think, uh, to, to something you said earlier and just, to make you mad, I'm going to say it again. The uh, the sliding scale here kind of, kind of apply across applies. the spectrum. It applies here. You know, but it does. <laughs> it, it definitely does from a legal perspective and from a player perspective. I mean, some players are going to be, you know, setting up full businesses. Some are going to be lucky to get hooked up with their local chicken shop. Some people aren't getting anything at all. I mean, it just it all depends on really what's going on. There's definitely going to be some more regulation. There's definitely got to be a lot of more things that need to be answered before we can fully kind of ground this out. But it is a step in the right direction, and I do think that it's something that's going to benefit, you know, the entirety of, of college athletics. Uh, I'm very excited to kind of see where it goes, and I'm very excited to see what it can build and have, you know, some of those unintended consequences 20, 30 years down the line. Boom. Blah, 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 blah. There we go. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs>